Guys, people, on today's show, I go against conventional wisdom and everything you've ever heard about entrepreneurship, and I give you five reasons why I believe that entrepreneurs should keep their day job. The J. Will music song of the day is a throwback from my college days. It's also the first gospel song that I've ever written. You want to stick around for that. And if you're a new listener, please do subscribe to the show. And right about now, you should sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Just because they are successful doesn't mean they're always right. Yeah, I said it. Successful people ain't always right. I'm listening to this book right now called Originals. And there's a lot of good things so far happening in this book. I'm just in the first few chapters or whatever. But one of the things that this guy, what's his name? I think his name is Adam. Maybe I should get his name. Hold on one second. We got to give credit where it's due. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. Adam Grant. That's the author's name. Anyway, so far it's a good book. Um, I'm kind of just reading it on a limb. I don't know much about the author or anything. So, you know, do your research on that one. So far, first few chapters, I haven't heard anything too crazy. Okay? Good stuff so far. But he talks about, y'all know that Segway thing? Like the little joint, like Maul, what's his name? Paul Blart, Maul Cop. The little joint you stand on. It's like a little a grown people scooter or whatever. He kind of gives like some of the background on that and who the investors were and all of that. And um, Steve Jobs was one of the investors. I'm like, okay, cool. This is interesting. And basically, Steve Jobs was like all in. You know, everyone knows who Steve Jobs is. If you don't, this is one of the creators of the iPhone and Apple computer, all that good stuff. So Steve Jobs was all in on this segue. He was like, oh, this is for sure going to be the next, you know, thing to revolutionize transportation, whatever it may be. He thought this was going to be the iPhone of transportation. So he was a heavy investor in this product. And um, yeah, Segway didn't take off the way they thought it was. And one of the points he makes in this book is like, you know, he kind of breaks down why successful people are wrong sometimes. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details of that and, you know, reread his book to you. But here's what it made me think about. Sometimes we think if someone is right about one thing, that they're right about everything. You feel me? Like Steve Jobs was way right about one thing. You know, this technology and Apple, like he was right. Like, like for real, for real, he was right. But that doesn't mean that he could just jump into other areas of life like transportation. He didn't have any 
experience or expertise in transportation. And sometimes we don't consider that when we're hearing from successful people, we just take it like, yo, my man created the iPhone. He know everything. And this is something that I guess it stuck out to me because this is like a thought that I always have. But in this book, they go a little more in depth, you know, just in that section where they're talking about the segue. So anyway, successful people ain't always right. Now, there's a reason that I'm bringing that up today. It ain't got nothing to do with no segue. But it's the perfect segue. And one of the things that I always hear successful people talk about, I can talk, is how, you know, hey, don't have a plan B. I only had a plan A. You know, you give it all you got, put all your eggs in one basket. And, you know, that was my thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. Quit your job. And go all out for this. And I've heard them say that on Shark Tank. Like, you know, I need an entrepreneur that's like quitting their job and they're all in. And people are like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm going to quit. Oh, yeah. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Wait, hold on. Pump the brakes, my brother. Like, oh, let's chill with that one right quick. Because when I quit, are you going to pay my bills? Because it's a lot of stuff to consider. Like, you didn't tell me that when you went all in, you were 16 years old. Like, so you ain't, you ain't got no responsibilities, no bills. You just, hey, I'm all in. Yeah, you're also a genius. Um, I got a C in science, okay? So I'm not a genius on that level. So I'm not going to quit my job. You go ahead and quit yours. Do what you do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and make your $500 million or whatever you're doing. But I'm trying to pay this $60 bill right here, okay? So I don't got time. No, you, listen, here's my point. We can get so caught up into people's story that we try to make their story our story. And so I'm like, man, you know, I want to kick it with y'all today. I thought this was a good opportunity to talk about something that I really been wanting to talk about for some months now. And, um, you know, I want to give you all five reasons why entrepreneurs should keep their day jobs. Now, you got to figure out which one am I. Your situation is different. Just like I said about the people who say, quit your job, whatever, whatever. That doesn't mean they're always right. And the reason that I'm going to give today doesn't mean that I'm just 100% right for everyone. Um, it's a lot of success stories out there, you know, on every side. But I guess my point is, so many times as entrepreneurs, because we're creative and we're dreamers and some of us lead and make decisions based on our dreams. And I just for real don't think that's always the best thing to do. Because your dreams sometimes, you know, let's just be real. Like sometimes your dreams can kind of make you a little delusional. And a lot of us don't want to deal with that. And I guess the best example I have is like, I never met a person who started a business because they thought it was a bad idea. But I've seen many people start a business that was a bad idea. And so, like, dreams don't always make sense. And I'm not trying to kill your dreams today. So, like, chill. Like, if you, some of y'all probably like, I'm out of here. I don't like it. Oh, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm out of here. I don't like it. No, we're going to have some encouragement or whatever. But I'm a realist, baby. I like to be real. You know what I'm saying? I like to... Be honest with myself. Like I always tell y'all, be real with yourself. 
You don't have to lie to yourself to be successful. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Five reasons why entrepreneurs should keep their day jobs. Number one, stability. Now, being stable, you know what I'm saying, in stable condition, that's a real thing, like, and prioritizing. And sometimes stability might mean, yo, being able to have a home to live in, some type of transportation, being able to eat. Stability for some people might mean being able to feed their family. You get what I'm saying? Not just you eating, but maybe you got kids or you have a wife. Your wife wants to know that she can, you know, have a bed somewhere to lay her head down. So one of the reasons that as an entrepreneur, we might want to keep our day jobs is like it's okay to want stability. And I don't think that you're just shorting your dreams and not giving your all because you want stability. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, y'all could take all this with it as a grain of salt. Is it as a grain of salt or with a grain of salt? Why would you take this with salt? I don't get it. I don't, look, I'm not the best with grammar and understanding what every cliche means, but I'm telling you that sometimes as an entrepreneur, you want to have some stability. It doesn't mean you're successful just because we're like, hey, when Zuckerberg started Facebook, they ate ramen noodles, you know, for six months straight. It's like, well, hold on, bro. Your blood pressure is about high as Mount Everest. If you eat three packs of ramen noodles, you might go into some type of messed up health condition. So we're going to need you to eat a salad, okay? And you need to be able to afford a salad, okay? Salad don't cost 13 cents like a pack of ramen noodles. Now, check this. Back to my point. Part of stability is prioritizing. And this is like one of the real tough things for entrepreneurs to do is to prioritize. And what you got to realize is whether you're starting a business, you got a dream, you, know, you got a podcast, right? You got to buy equipment. You got all kind of stuff to invest in or you got to be able to afford to go to someone's studio or and pay for studio time or whatever it is, however you're going to do this. And we have all these dreams that cost money. And so sometimes as an entrepreneur, you can, again, you get a little delusional and you start spending regular life money on dreams. And again, like I'm not saying this as like the standard for life that it never makes sense to do the other thing. Like it never makes sense to take a risk. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take this wrong. Just try to have, I'm trying to bring some balance to a conversation where I only ever really hear one side. Like I only ever hear people telling you why you should go all in and why you should only have a plan A and not a plan B. But I never hear anyone making the argument like, yo, hold on, wait a minute. Um, you know, you about to lose your house if you don't pay the pay the, the mortgage this month, brother or sister. You know, ladies, y'all out there doing your entrepreneurial thing, too. I know we live in a world now where people are, hey, he only said brothers. He only said brothers. Love y'all too, man. Love everybody, brothers, sisters, aunties, cousins, nieces, whatever you're doing out here. My point is that you got to prioritize as an entrepreneur sometimes. And we got to be able to put our home and our family 
as the most important thing. Now, if you communicate with your husband or wife and your family and y'all have a, you know, y'all are in alignment and y'all got a plan and know what y'all doing, then I think that can be all good. But just remember, priorities. You want to keep your marriage. Look, that's one of the things that make me nervous. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You start looking on all these, you know, not all of them, but a lot of these successful people. It's like, wait a minute, bro. You was with old girl for 23 years. And as soon as you got $15, y'all broke up. And you lost your whole family and your marriage. And it might be because you started prioritizing the business over your family. And that's just a dangerous, you know, that's the danger zone. Let's not go over there. All right, so the number two reason why I believe that entrepreneurs should keep their day job is the benefits. If you have a job that is paying, you know, anything towards your health and vision and dental and all that stuff, sometimes that's a good reason to keep your job. And again, this is all different based on are you single and you're only really risking you and it's like, I'm just going to go all in. Do you have four kids? Look, I hate to break it to you. Maybe you should have took the risk when you didn't have kids, but the reality of your life right now is you got four kids. So every decision you make has to be with those kids in mind. And I guess part of the reason I'm bringing this up is because we have to live our lives. So many times we want to live other people's lives. It's like the world is like this big fantasy now where you can just be Anything you want to be. Some of us watch TV. It's like you acting like I'm not even going to say the names of some of these shows. But you know what you acting like. You acting like some reality show. That ain't even you, bro. That's not your reality. Act like you. Get those benefits. Your kids need to go to the dentist. Trust me. Okay? (laughs) Trust me. Little man need to go to the dentist right now. He eating Skittles and cupcakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Six of his teeth about to fall out at the same time. Okay, you're going to have to catch six teeth in your hand. Okay, you need to take that to the dentist. The number three reason why I believe that entrepreneurs should keep their day job is for the proof of concept. Now, if you're starting a business, you have to understand that there is a time period where you're trying to prove the concept. Again, some of us want to go all in from day one, and we haven't even educated ourselves, let's put slash education right there. I'm just add one in, right? That wasn't even on my list of things I want to talk about. Proof of concept slash education. Give yourself an opportunity to release and launch your product out there. See if some people buy it. You know, see if they give feedback before you just, you, I'm all in. I'm full-time ministry. Bro, you can't even preach yet. Like, what is you saying? Your wife is a bartender. She ain't ready to be the first lady, my man. You need to get that right. Sometimes we got to learn what it even means what we're going for. You get me? Like, we want things and we have aspirations. And trust me, I want you to want things. You know, as long as they align with the will of God, I'm all about you know, being productive and and wanting to get somewhere in life. But I think one of the things we miss is we focus on the object, the thing that we want, but we don't think about, yo, what does it really take to get there? The process. The process. 
We look at the object and we ignore the process. So allow yourself to have a proof of concept. And again, this just means that let's say you're like, look, man, I got this great idea. You know, I'm going to release a, a new line of socks, right? But these socks are made to be worn with sandals. Like, I don't know why. Like, maybe these socks absorb water differently than regular socks or whatever it is. And you like, look, I'm, I'm doing this. I don't want to kill your vibe. I want you to bring out the wet foot socks. Do it. I'm all for it. But I don't want you to quit your job and lose your stability and leave your benefits when you haven't even gone through the proof of concept stage. Simply meaning you haven't proved that it works. Here's why I think entrepreneurs struggle with the proof of concept stage, because you just want to follow your heart and your dreams, but you want to ignore reality. And I'm just trying to bring some balance. Like, look, man, we can't ignore reality and neither do we want or need to ignore reality. If it's a good idea, it's going to be a good idea. So here's what I'm saying. Don't quit too early. I'm just being real with you. I would rather stay a month too late working a job than to leave a month too early. Especially like you leave and you do all this stuff and then it's like, yo, bro, don't nobody want wet foot socks. Or maybe you didn't realize, oh man, in this industry, it's hard to find a manufacturer on the East Coast or the Midwest. I might have to consider relocating to the West Coast if I want to have this business like but that might have been information, right, that you weren't educated enough because you didn't have the experience that once you start walking down that path, you learned it. And remember this, in business, there's always new things to learn. At my corporate job, not only do I have mentors, but in the last couple of years, I've tried to also start, you know, developing mentees in the corporate world and, you know, people that may not be at the level that I'm at yet. And don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm careful with level. Like levels bother me anyway, because they create this imaginary separation between people and we shouldn't treat people a certain way based on their levels. But at the same time, levels do sometimes just represent experience. So just like I have mentors that are more experienced than I am and I respect them in their you know opinion and all of that stuff. Now I'm developing a couple of mentees and, you know, pouring in time, you know, into them. Anyway, so my point is, I was telling the guy today, you know, he asked me to go to lunch with him. We sat and had lunch for an hour and a half and just had a good conversation. You know, I was telling him that you never really stop learning. Even when you get to the point of a promotion, especially in the type of work that we do, like I've done his job, you know, five years ago, I was in his job and I told him, Man, if I went back to your job today, there's still going to be things that I don't know and I need to learn or get better at just because that is the dynamics of the work, number one. But just I believe in business in general, you can never have this mindset like I literally know everything and everything I say is right. Even if you struck gold with one of your ideas, you know, that doesn't mean everything you ever do is going to be successful. And so I guess I'm just saying, look, give yourself a proof of concept 
you know, time frame. If you say I'm going to give it a year and then learn during that year and realize whatever your little ambition and excitement is in the beginning, it's going to be challenged. Again, I just am trying to sharpen y'all so that when it's challenged, you're not caught off guard. And that's what happened a lot of times. Like we get challenged and it's like, oh, man, I just it's kind of like when you dating and you never had an argument yet. It's like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. Oh, I'm in love. And you like, man, me and Tiff never argued, y'all. And then one day your relationship get challenged. <laughs> Newlywed couples in marriage, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't never argued. Then all of a sudden, one day, two years in the marriage. Man, you blessed if you go that long. But one of y'all get on each other's nerves. It's bound to happen. So it's better to be prepared for it. That's all I'm saying. If you prepare for it, when it comes, you won't just up and leave. Some people at the first sign of an obstacle or imperfection, you just out of there. Because you were expecting, you had unrealistic expectations. That's what it comes down to. Give yourself an opportunity to go through a proof of concept stage so that you will not be a person that's guilty of having unrealistic expectations about your business. You thought the water sandal socks were going to be a hit, but if you would have just done a proof of concept and maybe surveyed 50 people, 20 people, got some feedback, made the first prototype, then perfected it, there's always room to grow. When I started this podcast, you know, I said I'm giving myself 12 weeks, three months. We're going to see what's happening. Now we here 72, 73 weeks later, and we never missed a show yet. Never missed a week. Well, that's because, look, we are, I, I feel like I'm still in my proof of concept stage. If you want me to be honest, like it just went into different layers at this point. It's like, okay, I proved that I can, you know, create a show and thousands of people you know, for whatever reason, why y'all listen, thousands of people listen to my show. Okay, cool. That's great. So now how can we build upon that? How, how do we grow? Like, how can I get better? We, we got all these different ideas and I got segments. I got people coming in, coming out. Like I do some interviews. Sometimes it's just me rocking. Like there's all these ideas that I'm just continuing to carve out, continuing to shape. I got the YouTube channel and just search Inspire Guys People on YouTube. And I'm saying all this because these are all the things I'm working through. The social media stuff I'm horrible at right now. I'm going to just be real with you, okay? In my proof of concept stage, I'm horrible at social media. It's not because I don't necessarily understand social media or know how to make some things happen. Some of it, if I'm being real with you, because I'm super busy. You know, travel, I, I do, it's just a lot. I'm not going to try to get into all that and make myself just seem super like, oh yeah, I'm, listen guy, I'm more important than you. Say it with me. He's more important than you. That's not what I'm saying, but it, just being real, I am busy. I try to be the type of person that I aspire to be anyway is a composed leader. I don't want to just look tired. It's kind of like in the Bible where Jesus like, Yo, if you fasting, don't try to look like you fasting. <laughs> like, 
my wife do this thing where she be like, when she get tired, she'll look at me like, do I look tired? And I be feeling like, you want to look tired, fam? No, Tiff, you don't look tired. But you are cute, though. Listen, y'all, this thing is a marathon, not a sprint. And so don't be afraid to test it out and to perfect it and to evolve with it. Like I said, you listening to this show now, it's so many ideas and things that I'm trying to work on. And like I said, I'm struggling in the social media department, struggling in like the videography um, department. There's a lot of video ideas and things that I want to do. And man, like chopping that stuff up myself, it's just, it's a lot to it, right? Those are not excuses. What I'm saying is those are things that I have to be aware of, that I have to fix those things up. And let's just say if you just out here quitting your job because you got a good idea for a podcast and a few thousand people listen to it, that might sound good. But in reality, it's like, hold on, bro. Wait a minute. That doesn't bring stability. That doesn't have benefits. That doesn't pay bills. Let's go through this proof of concept and try to continue to build this thing out and see what God's will is with it. You get what I'm saying? All right, guys, people, we are going to take a quick break to jump into the J. Will music song of the day. And when we return, I will give you my last two reasons why I believe that entrepreneurs should keep their day job. But right now, I'm digging way back in my bag. This is like a super throwback. This is at least 10 years old, maybe a little longer. I don't know when we recorded it. Uh, but I actually wrote this song maybe around 2004. Man, this was the first gospel song I ever wrote. It's called Good Music. And I wrote this in my dorm room on a Casio keyboard. I was just playing, you know, whatever little melody I came up with. And I was just rapping from my heart. And this was the result of it. And it'll always be one of the most special songs in the world to me. Lord, it's all of you and none of me From the lyrics to the beats I hope they hear you when I speak Like a pastor when he preach Use me, Jesus, the whole world needs this I gotta reach people you can Like sneezes, I understand what they go through I went through it, I made mistakes myself because I'm just human But that's no excuse for you to keep sinning A married man should never be trying to meet women We walk by faith and not by sight If that's the truth then why call psychics? Y'all might just try not to listen and pay me no attention Life is not a movie while we trying to act Christian Throw your scripts away, open your lips and pray Go to church, get saved, put this in, push play Time for you to make a change Time for you to make a change Trust God, it will be okay Trust God, it will be okay We gotta stop feeding our kids negativity I'm changed, so I hope you remember me For good rhymes and good times I praise God every day I wake That's the only way I'll ever make We gotta Stop feeding our kids negativity. I'm changed, so I hope you remember me for good rhymes and good times. I praise God every day I wake. That's the only way I'll ever make. They say the guys are gangster, the women are words that I can't say. These are the songs that I can't play no more. I'm tired of feeding my spirit. Ignorant lyrics that goes completely against the way that I'm living in. Teaches us that money is all we need when in fact all we need. Jesus Christ, all the money in the world couldn't pay the price for your life like Christ, like bright lights. I'ma shine through 
through this mic, I'ma shine. Lord, I this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. We gotta stop feeding our kids with negativity. I'm changed, so I hope you remember me. For good rhymes and good times, I praise God every day I wait. That's the only way I'll ever make We gotta stop feeding our kids negativity. I'm changed, so I hope you remember me. For good rhymes and good times, I praise God every day I wait. That's the only way I'll ever make And on the TV screen, they show us anything to hold us back. They trying to waste our time, keep a mind on crime. Make us think we belong in the streets like it's cool as a teen to have a baby to feed. But it's not, cause the precious little soul needs caring from the parents. One house, one love, one marriage, one family in the same house. Ever since the first day the baby came out. Now picture a mother and not a baby mama. Now picture a father and not a baby daddy. Now picture a husband and a wife raising a baby right, both in a baby life, all for the love of Christ. We gotta stop feeding our kids negativity. I'm changed, so I hope you remember me for good rhymes and good times. I praise God every day I wake. That's the only way I'll ever make We gotta stop feeding Nehemiah negativity. Stop feeding Lauren negativity. And stop feeding Lil Moochie negativity. And stop feeding Nunu negativity. And stop feeding Boobs negativity. I'm changed, so I hope you remember me for good rhymes and good times. I praise God every day I wake. That's the only way I'll ever make it. We gotta stop feeding our kids negativity. Show them that Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. Maybe then they grew up to be better human beings. And that would be the end of the song. You just heard good music. By me, y'all. By me. <laughs> Look, man, the dopest thing about listening back to some of the songs that I share on this show is I remember where I was at. Like, I was sitting on the floor with the keyboard on my lap just chilling in my room in the silent, and I just started playing that. I just started playing that on the keyboard, man. So, yeah, you know, good music, good times, you know. It's funny to listen back, but over 10 years old, for sure, y'all, that was at least recorded it because I wrote it, like I said, maybe in 2004, 2005 maybe, and probably didn't record that until 2010. So, yeah, and that's not even like a finished recording or whatever. But you don't care about that. You're tired of those last three or four minutes listening to my music. You're not going to search J. Will Music on Apple Podcasts or uh, or Apple Music. I'm sorry. This is the podcast. That's how you listen to now. But you're not going to search J. Will Music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. You're not going to Google it. You're not going to search it on YouTube. And Spotify, you don't want to hear any more of my music. You want to hear these last two reasons why I believe entrepreneurs should keep their day job. Ooh, the number four reason, I really like this one, that I believe that entrepreneurs should keep their day job is because you haven't studied the failures. Oh, I love this one. We always study success stories. And we do it here on Inspire God's People, by the way. I love a good success story. But if you go back to like episode, ooh, I don't know what episode that was. It's called Victoria's, I can talk, Victoria's Secret Failure. 
That show, that episode, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's actually one of the most popular episodes. It's in the top 10. And, um, but it's a great episode. We talk about, you know, the failures of Victoria's Secret. And so many times when we're getting into business, we look at the successes, but success can give you, it can paint a false narrative. It can give you a false depiction of what your journey is really going to be like. And just look at it like this. We need to average things out. If, if I just showed you, you know, let's say if you were a kid and you wanted to be tall, and I only showed you a picture of 100 NBA basketball players who were all 6'5 and above, you might think like, wow, I'm going to be 6'5. Because you're looking at the top 1% of something or the top 2%, whatever it is, right? It's like, whoa, wait a minute, bro. I need to show you the average, which means I need to show you a couple of the short guys that play sports too. Like everybody's not going to be Shaq. And not only is everybody not going to be Shaq, if we be real, most people aren't going to be Shaq. So what is the point? Why am I? Oh, I'm killing your dreams today. Oh, I'm killing your dreams today. I should preach like this for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh. No, I want you to be realistic about what you're doing and balance it out. And I believe you'll have a greater opportunity for success. You know, every idea is not going to be Apple or Amazon. But every idea also doesn't have to be Apple or Amazon. There are a lot of successful businesses out there, many that you've never heard of, especially as an entrepreneur. Like what I think a small business qualifies, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this, but it qualifies as like 500 employees or less. So just think about that. If you have 400 people working for you in a multi-million dollar in a business, you're considered a small business. Now, don't tell me that's not some level of success. I'm not saying you're successful just because you have 400 people working for you. But I bet we could search and research, you know, hundreds of companies that have 300 to 400 employees and the CEOs are living well and you never heard of them and their business is booming. And so all I'm saying is study not just the large companies, study the small organizations as well. There will be successful, you know, stories within each of those, but also study the failures. Look for the, the companies that didn't make it so that you can identify, you know, areas in yourself, like key areas in your business that you're like, okay, this is why Victoria's Secret, you know, Rory Raymond, who started it, didn't succeed in it. He did A, B, and C. Now you can be prepared for A, B, and C. But if you just close your eyes and say, nope, I'm having faith, I can't. Look at the people who failed. I just got to only look at the successes. Then you're creating, again, unrealistic expectations for yourself and your business. And you're only looking at the 1%. And I'm not saying you might not make it to be the 1%. But I'm just saying that the 1% isn't the only form of success. And most people won't be. Again, 99% of us won't be the 1%. But that does not mean we are not successful. So just because... You didn't find found Apple and it's not worth 
you know, however many billions of dollars is worth, it doesn't mean you're a failure. Oh, wow, poor you. Your business only racks in $300 million a year. Oh, man, you only take in a $20 million salary. I'm, oh, my, I just feel horrible for you. You get what I'm saying? And not that even money is the only, you know, factor in success. But study the failures. I think this is a concept that we need to have in our, you know, in our whole lives, like in other areas of our lives. Study the failures before you make a decision. Many of us are leaving our jobs because we've studied the successes. We've only looked at the couple of people that hit the lottery and made it big. And so you end up making life-changing decisions because you got googly eyes reading someone's story. And you skipped over 400 people that didn't make it doing the same exact thing. See, I believe that studying failure not only, you know, allows us to identify those blind spots in our life that we're like, ooh, wait a minute. Oh, man, I, I was doing that. And this guy just failed or this girl just failed, right? But it also maybe is going to allow us to be like, okay, you know what? Man, I studied 400 people. 390 of them failed doing this. Um, only 10 of them made it. Those 10 people might have been a little lucky. Let me not make a decision based off luck. You get what I'm saying? It's like I'm not about to run across the street with my eyes closed just because one guy out of 100 made it. It's like, well, wait a minute. 99 people got hit by a car. <laughs> like, you feel what I'm saying? So it's like, wait a minute. I'm not going to make that decision if only one lucky dude did it. So before you quit your job, study the failures. Okay, now we're ready for the number five reason that I believe entrepreneurs should keep their day job. Look, man, this one is super important. I say everything is super important, don't I? If you listen to this show, you're like, wait a minute, this guy, everything is special. Every guest, is, this is a special guest. I'm sorry, it's just words I say. The number five reason is to fund your dream. Like, this is common sense to me. Some people want to go full-time into something. And again, you know, I come from the church world, and it's like everyone, it's the little term, full-time ministry. Everyone wants to be full-time ministry. To me, that's like saying, I want to be broke. Oh, yeah, I want to struggle. I want to not know how I'm about to make it next week. And that's what we do. Because we don't realize the value in being able to go to work at a job to actually pay for the things that we want to do. And that balances it out. You get what I'm saying? So, again, it brings stability. You know what I mean? You have benefits. You go through that proof of concept stage. You study the failures. But most importantly, this job may be the reason why you can continue to fund that dream. All that equipment that you need to do your podcast or all those little, the new shoes you need for your dancing or whatever it is, like the money has to come from somewhere and your job is a legitimate source of capital. And if you just leave the only capital that you have, especially if you don't have good credit and you don't know anything about business loans or grants or, you know, again, all of these things could be different. If you have a network or different sources or opportunities or resources, 
yeah, again, you might be able to say, yeah, Jay, that doesn't relate to me. I don't need my job or whatever it may be. But to the everyday person, the working class individual with the, the wife and, and three kids or the woman out there with the husband and two kids, and whether you have kids or not, whatever it may be, you got a house, you got two cars. There are all these responsibilities that you need to be able to stabilize. But then you also need a way to pay for what you're trying to do. And so it's like, look, man, just weigh your options. Like, how else are you going to pay for that speaker system? How else are you going to buy the new office desk? And look, as entrepreneurs, you can still do a good job in your day job. One of the things that I've learned, I believe that both have made me better in the other area. You know, working a corporate job the way I do now and have been being promoted through the years and growing, that stuff develops me as a person and I give it my all. Like I really try to be the best at my job. I'm not just working there just to collect a check. I really want to be the best because I want to have integrity and character and consistency in everything that I'm doing. That's what I aspire and strive to do. You know, for me, it's the corporate job makes me a better entrepreneur. There's so much that I learn because, again, I'm in business. And if you grow in your corporate job or your day job, especially when you get promotions, you're getting greater access or responsibilities. So, again, you become a manager at your day job. Now you're managing, you know, some sizable business whether it's three people or 300 people, if you're going to be a CEO one day because you got this dream and this idea, you're going to need to know how to manage people. Well, how else could you not only get free training, but you get paid training? Going to your job is like, oh, you're going to pay me to get management skills and experience? Great, because... How else? And so what happens is sometimes we blindly jump into leadership, entrepreneurship, and we've never been responsible for something. Like we, We've never had to think through, you know, some of the challenges of business and we've never maybe even had the pressure on us to deliver. You know, that's one thing, like especially working in sales and you got a quota and you have targets. And you have to hit those quarterly or period wide or however your job does it. But my point is that job is giving you some level of experience and it's keeping you from being lazy because as an entrepreneur, one of the worst things you could do is be lazy. And some of us want to quit our job so we can watch more TV. And it's like, well, TV isn't investing in your business. You might as well go to work. Because that's going to bring stability and allow you to pay some bills and invest in yourself. You feel me? I don't know. I'm just not on this whole wave of quit your day job. My job benefits from me being an entrepreneur as well. Because one of the things that we have as entrepreneurs in general is we have huge aspirations, um, high hopes. We typically want to be the best. You're creative, so you're bringing a level of creativity to your job. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, part of my job that I do right now is, you know, I have high-level presentations to C-suite, you know, um, employees or leaders. 
So, you know, that's the CEOs, the COO, and those type of individuals. I have to be able to get in front of those individuals. I have a huge meeting this week, right? And so I have to be able to get in front of those individuals and present something to them and talk and, and talk in front of people. Well, guess what? One of the things, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, even as a leader in church, a speaker, right? People book me to come speak at their church. I have outings coming up. Well, what happens? If I go to a church and I'm speaking to two to 300 people, this is now added experience that's helping my job. Because if I can go speak to 300 people that are all eyes on me, Essentially, and I don't don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing a sermon or the or God's word to a presentation, but I want you to look at the skill set, okay? The skill set is exactly the same. So whether I'm speaking in front of 300 corporate workers or or whether I'm speaking wherever it's the in in a church, it's the same thing. The same skill set, my ability to be able to talk when all eyes are on me, my ability to be able to articulately. That's not. Is that a word? What am I doing here? My ability to articulate. You know what I mean? Look, I'll even look back at when I was a class clown in high school. I would go in a classroom and be able to engage the entire class, including the teacher was laughing. And so you never know what skill set you're sharpening by getting that added experience as an entrepreneur. So me, again, my whole point was I go to churches, uh, people book me to come speak in, you know, other small businesses or whatever to speak to groups of people. Well, when I do those things or I go, I've gone to speak at schools, when I go do those things, my job is getting a better version of me. Because I'm going out and sharpening my skills and my tools, and I'm going out there, and again, proof of concept, right? I'm becoming a better speaker every time I go into an audience, and it's different audiences. So it's like, man, it's different from a school to a church. to the, So you, you grow. What am I saying? Don't just rush to quit your job. Look at what you're doing as an entrepreneur. Like, yo, you might be growing. For real, like, and some of us look down on our jobs. Like, oh, man, I'm just a cashier. Oh, that's dope then. You a cashier? They let you be the cashier? Oh, that's, listen, I'm for real. If you work in fast food and they got you in the back cooking the food, unless your goal and dream is to become a chef, find a way to get in front of those people. And I'm saying that because sometimes we want to get away from people because we don't feel like dealing with people. But again, as a CEO, you're going to have to deal with people. And I remember like one of the times I worked at McDonald's, I don't, look, I got blessed because I wasn't trying to cook. That's just kind of person I am. I'm like, bro, they put me on a cash register one day, then they put me in the drive-thru, and somehow that just became my jobs for the rest of the time I worked there. But what was that? That was experience. That was experience with the, dealing with the public. When the lady at McDonald's threw the burger back in the window at me because she was mad because it had pickles on it, like when she threw it at me, 
I was getting experience. Yes, that really happened. Did I ever tell y'all that story? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. That's one of the tough things now. Like we've been doing the show so long. Now it's like, I'm like, did I ever tell them that? Yes, I worked at McDonald's twice, actually. And one time I worked at McDonald's out in uh, Ypsilanti. And the lady threw the hamburger at me. That happened. Um, I was about 18 years old. And I ain't do nothing. I'm at work. I'm trying to get this little whatever I was making at the time. I thought I was about to tell y'all how much money I was making. Ain't none of your business, good. But what's my point is even then at McDonald's, when I look back on it, I'm not joking. My, my skill set, I worked at Kmart on the cash register. Like when the lines got long during Christmas time and it's like people mad and they want you to hurry up. What are you going to do? And some of us can't handle simple pressure and simple jobs. So the moment that you think an organization is going, you going to lead a big organization? You can't handle three people in line at Popeye's, bro. Look, that's a good opportunity. We got to stop just minimizing jobs to how much money we make and all. whatever you do. I don't care what you do, and I'm not joking. Don't be ashamed of where you work at. Be grateful that you have a job. Be thankful that you have a job. But most importantly, get what you need out of that job. Get it. Get that training, that experience. And then go and use it towards the thing that's your dream, the thing that's going to, you know, take your family to the next level and just commit to being great at both. And I think it's possible. So those are five reasons why I believe entrepreneurs should keep their day job. Guys, people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Listen, when all else fails, just go to Google and type in Inspire, Inspire God's Inspire, People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's People when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.